بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان لا يوم الدين أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذي بعث في الأميين رسولا يتلو عليهم آياته ويزكيهم ويعلمهم الكتاب والحكمة وإن كانوا من قبل لفي ضلال مبين وعن أمير المؤمنين بحفص عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إنما الأعمال بالنيات وإنما لكل امرئ ما نوى فمن كانت هجرته إلى الله ورسوله فهجرته إلى الله ورسوله ومن كانت هجرته لدنيا يصيبها أو امرأة ينكحها فهجرته إلى ما هاجر إليه رواه البخاري ومسلم Alhamdulillah, respected brothers and sisters and honorable listeners, we are continuing with the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi, regarding which we mentioned that these 40 hadith, they are those ahadith that alayhi madarul islam, that Islam revolves around these axial and fundamental uh, ideas. So it is as if Imam al-Nawawi, rahimahullah, he brought together in these, in this compilation, those ahadith that every single one of them, if you were to take it in and of itself, it would be an usul and it would be a principle under which so many other furu', so many other branches could be applied to. And as Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani in his commentary of the Arba'in, he mentions that يَدْخُلُ فِي هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ سَبِعِينَ بَابٍ مِنَ الْفِقْرِ That in this hadith, 70 chapters or abwaab of fiqh can be encompassed. And then he says, بَلْ أَلْفِقْهُ كُلُّهُ بَلْ أَلْفِقْهُ كُلُّهُ Rather, all of fiqh can be included in this hadith. Why? Because there is no... What is fiqh? Fiqh is... Right, ma nadinu bihi Allahi subhanahu wa ta'ala, what we worship Allah azza wa jal, whether mu'amalat, or whether ibadat, uh, or whether siyasat, or whatever it might be, whether our ritual worship or our dealings. So, in regards to our ritual worship, there is no action from amongst those actions of fiqh except that niyyah plays a fundamental role in it. So, We've, we commenced the discussion of this and we wanted to inshallah discuss a little bit further. I'm following uh, just some of the fawaid that's mentioned by Mullah Ali Qari in his, and just, just, just was printed just recently, mashallah, tahqiq uh, done by uh, Dr. Hamza Al Bakri, Al Mubinul Mu'in, Lifahm Al Arba'in. Very beneficial and very extensive uh, discussion. So just we're selecting some points. Uh, regarding this. To summarize, another thing about this hadith, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ إِنَّمَا is كَلِمَةُ الْحَصْرِ It is a, uh, a kalima, a word, that restricts, it, make, it gives restriction to that which comes after it. And the ulama of usul, they, they explain the kalimatul الْحَصْرِ إِثْبَاتُ الْحُقْمِ لِمَا بَعْدَهَا وَنَفْيُهُ عَمَّا عَدَاهُ إِثْبَاتُ الْحُكْمِ لِمَا بَعْدَهَا وَنَفْيُهُ عَمَّا عَدَاهُ So in this sentence, for example, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ Verily, 
actions are only by intentions. I'm leaving out the, the mahdhuf here. Verily, actions are only by intentions. So the kalima, innama, in Arabic is kalimatul hasr, meaning it makes hasr, it restricts whatever is being mentioned to that thing in and of itself. So here, innama al-a'malu, that al-hukmu lima ba'daha, ifbatul hukum, yani a'mal is established only with intentions. And now there is what you call now the mahdhuf. And there's a, a little bit of difference of opinion amongst the scholars. Some scholars say that, that this statement is muta'alliq bi mahdhuf. There is a, there is a, a, a hidden jumla. Actions are only by intentions. In other words, the hasr, the restriction, is that the actions are not except by intention. That if the intention is not there, then the action will not be there. But now, the mahdhuf, when he, what's the, uh, the, the missing uh, sentence or the missing thing that brings it all together? The shawafi, the shafi'iyah, and this comes to a fiqhi mas'ala, they say, إِنَّمَا سِحَّةُ الْأَعْمَالِ بِالنِّيَاتِ إِنَّمَا سِحَّةُ الْأَعْمَالِ بِالنِّيَاتِ The validity of that action is dependent on the intention. In other words, if the intention is not found, the action is not valid. This is the meaning of إِثْبَاتُ الْحُكْمِ لِمَا بَعْدَهَا وَنَفْيُ مَا عَدَاهُ Establishing the a'mal on the condition, yani, saying that the action is valid only if the intention is there. The Hanafiya differ, and this is where the differences amongst the fuqaha come. There's actually a very interesting book that say the this is a very interesting book for those that are students of knowledge. It's a very beautiful book. So it's a, it's a, it's a I think, a, a doctorate um, that was written in, uh, by one of the students in Jamia Malik Abdul Aziz, uh, who said that, that there's a, there is actually so many nahwi uh, differences uh, that, that actually affect the differences of amongst the fuqaha. So one of them is this, that the kalimatul hasr innama, now what is the mahdhuf that is taken here? Right? So the shafi'iyah, they say that the mahdhuf in this statement or the, the hidden uh, premise in this statement is the validity of actions is based on the intention. So if the intention is not there, then the action is not even valid. It didn't even exist. It didn't happen. So if a person, for example, he's making wudu, and he forgot his intention, right? His salat is not, or his wudu is not valid, and therefore the salat won't be valid. Thamaratul ikhtilaf, where would this manifest itself? A person jumps inside of a river, and he comes out. Now, he didn't have any intention. Or he jumped inside a pool, and then he jumped back out. Is his wudu valid, or is it not valid? Now, according to the Shafi'iyah, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ إِنَّمَا سِحَّةُ الْأَعْمَالِ بِالنِّيَاتِ Verily, the validity of actions is dependent upon the intention. So if he did not have intention, then that action is not valid. Do you guys see? يَتَرَتَّبُ عَلَيْهِ الْحُكُمْ The hukum that comes from it is based upon that, 
mahzuf that is taken. The Hanafiya, on the other hand, they, they say, They take another mahzuf. Verily, the reward of that action is based upon the intention. In other words, if a person, he forgets the niyyah, or this is where the, 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 it would manifest itself, a person jumps, jumping inside of a river and then coming out, or falling inside of a river, not jumping inside, he falls inside, he comes out, now all of his limbs are wet. All the place, all the fara'id have been fulfilled. Right? Then what? Is his wudu valid? When would he, the prayer that he prayed with that, would it be valid? Yeah. Because the thawab of wudu, he did not receive. He didn't get the reward of wudu. He didn't get the reward of purification. But purification took place in and of itself because according to the Hanafiya, you don't need intention for purity to take place because water is a purifying agent in and of itself. And that is in its maqam and in its place that's discussed in the books of fiqh. But this is just a, a point to understand about kalimatul hasr. But whatever the case may be, Mullah Ali Qadi mentions an interesting thing here. He says that it's better to take a mahdhuf that, that fulfills the demand of both the madhahib. So how do you make tatbiq? Imam al-Shafi'i or Imam Mullah Ali Qadi, he says that it's better to say that فَالْأَحْسَنُ مَا قَرَّرَهُ بَعْضُ الْعُلَمَاءِ لَا تُحْسَبُ الْأَعْمَالِ لَا تُحْسَبُ الْأَعْمَالِ لَا تُحْسَبُ الْأَعْمَالِ إِلَّا بِالنِّيَّاتِ This is the thing he's taken. That the, the, the deeds are not given consideration except through intentions. You understand? He gives a tuhsabul amal, they're not considered, they're not given consideration. Now this is beyond the fiqhi matter. This is beyond validity or invalidity or reward or not reward. In other words, if you want your deed to be an action, a deed, actually, which is considered shara'an, right? That the act of something being valid is like you throw a dirty uh, uh, a dirty cloth in water and the ainun najasa is removed, it's clean, right? But is it now, is, there, is that an amal in and of itself? So this is um, what Mullah Ali Qadi says, that the word tuhsabu is better to be used here, which gives the meaning now, right? The deeds are not given consideration. If you want the deed to be considered an amal, that this is an amal shara'i, Right? Amal shara'i is, a, is, a, is a, what we call a good deed. We call it a deed. Something is not, and then it talks about why the word amal is used. It doesn't say, innamal af'alu bin niyat. Why does it say, innamal a'malu bin niyat? Because af'al, kaharakatil haywan, like the movement of an animal. That's called fi'al. You don't call it amal. Fa'al al haywan. It's a, it's a knee-jerk reaction, or it's instinctive, or it's the action of an animal. You don't call that a deed, right? The cow performed a deed, or the donkey performed a deed, right? Ma amil al-himar, right? Himar doesn't have amal, has fi'al. So, what, so what, what they say is that what, what makes something an amal, amal shara'i, is that there should be an intent behind it, right? So, 
these are just some interesting points. Another point to take into consideration that rewards and punishments, thawab and iqab, are given one, one makes a resolve or one makes a firm resolution which is called azam in doing that action. In other words, actual doing of it, that's not when the reward or the iqab takes place. And this is amazing. When is thawab, which is reward, and iqab, which is punishment, given to, a, to, to, to a, a Muslim, to a slave, to a amil. Somebody who's doing an amal, when is he rewarded or when is he punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? They say, subhanallah, at the time where a person makes azam, even before doing that action, and a person has not even done the action yet, you've not made amal as of yet, but at the time that you make uh, you haven't done the action but at the time you make azam and you make a firm resolution that I'm going to do this and nothing gets between you and that action you've made that azam that I'm going to do this nothing can hold me back we had a conversation about that after Fajr we never forget about that right that you will get the reward and th- this is why there's a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu and I think uh, this is in Riyadh Salihin I don't know if it comes in Arba'in but man hamma bi hasanatin falam ya'malha Anyone who makes ham, ham is like a, 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 a resolve. Man hamma bihasanatin, falam ya'amalha, kataballahu lahu hasanatun kamila. The one who makes a firm resolve in doing a good deed, but he doesn't do it, he gets a hasanatun kamila. Subhanallah, this is the power of amal. And this is what Imam Ali Qari says here. This is what we should all, why, the, why intention is so powerful. That الثواب والإقاب يترتب على عزم الطاعة والمعصية الثواب والإقاب يترتب على عزم الطاعة والمعصية يعني reward and punishment it comes about from the moment of the resolve of that action or that sin you haven't even, you haven't even done it yet you haven't even committed it yet but when you make azm to do it then you've received the thawab or the iqab. Even if he did not intend, even if he didn't put to action what he intended, you already got the, th- the, th- the, th- the thawab or the iqab. And this is what the muhaqqiqeen of the, of, the, of the Hanafis have, have chosen. This is their opinion. And Imam al-Nawawi and Qurtubi also go in this direction. In other words, it's, it's a sort of an ijma'am. And what strengthens this opinion what opinion the opinion that before you even do that action at the time of your resolve that I'm definitely gonna do it oh I got sick oh my flight got cancelled you already got the reward of it even even though you actually didn't even do the amal but Allah gave you the reward of it this 
يؤيده ما روي أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لأصحابه as what the Prophet ﷺ mentioned to his companions, في منصرفه من غزوة تبوك, when he was returning from the battle of Tabuk, إن بالمدينة قوما ما صعدتم جبلا ولا هبتم واديا إلا وهم معكم فيه. That you did not, you know, there's, there's a group of people in Medina that you did not climb any mountain and you did not go down any valley except that they were with you. Except that they were with you. قالوا وكيف وهم بالمدينة Ya Rasulullah, how could that be when they're in Medina Munawwara? How could they be with us when we're climbing the mountain and come with us when we're going down the valley? How are they getting the reward of that? Whereas they're in Medina. He said, حَبَسَهُمُ الْعُذُرِ أَوْ قَالَ حَبَسَهُمُ الضَّرَرِ أَوْ قَالَ حَبَسَهُمُ الْمَرَضِ He says they were held back by their excuses, they were held back by their difficulties, by their hardships or by their sickness. But their intention was, if they were not sick, they had firm resolve. They had azam. They had hum that they wanted to be with us. So Allah wrote the reward for them. From that we see, subhanAllah, the statement of the ulama. And this is not a hadith. Some people attribute it to be a hadith, but this is not a hadith. We should not say that this is a hadith of the Prophet. Niyatul mu'mini khayrun min amalihi. This is not a hadith, but it's qawl of the ulama and the mashayikh. Niyatul mu'mini khayrun min amalihi. The niyat of a believer is better than his action. In what way? In this way that if a person is not able to, you can do with your, with your niyyah what you're not able to do with your actions. One brother was telling me how saddened he was with the condition of Philistine and that he feels incapable and that he feels incapacitated and he feels so depressed that he's not able to do anything. I said, first and foremost, لا يكلف الله نفساً إلا وسعها. This is first one. Allah Ta'ala does not take us into account for what we're not capable of. Secondly, whatever intention you make, that, Ya Allah, if I was capable, Ya Allah, if I had the means, I would not sit in my home and I would go and I would help my brothers in any way that I could, in whatever way that I could. Then, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will reward you according to your intention. Another point, Mullah Liqari says, وَمِن شَرَفِ النِّيَّةِ اعْتِبَارُهَا فِي الْآخِرَةِ The greatness and the nobility of, of niyyah, of intention, is so powerful that that is what we are rewarded for in the hereafter, based on niyyah. And this is an interesting question. Somebody asked Shaykh Ashraf Ali Tanwi, and I, I was wondering where he got this from, and now I read, I read the, this commentary of Mullah Ali Qari, and this is where he got it from. Somebody asked Shaykh Ashraf Ali Tanwi, he said, Shaykh, how is this adil? How is this the adil of Allah that a person lives for 60 years, 70 years, and they do good deeds for what? From the time they're baligh to the time they pass away, and then Allah gives them khalidina fiha. Jannatin tajri min anhar khalidina fiha abada. The adil of Allah is that he lived for 70 years, he did good for whatever, uh, 60 years of it. He should be given 60 years, and then that's the end of it. That's adil. Why is he giving them khalidina fiha abada? Or on the other hand, the kafir or the disbeliever disobeys Allah for 60 years or 70 years and then he's given abadul abidin hellfire khalidina fiha fi nari jahannam. How is this justice? So he said, no, it's aynul adil. It's, it's the justice embodiment of justice. He said, why? He said, because Allah is not rewarding from them for their action. Allah is rewarding them for their intention. 
that the believer, he does good deeds. That as long as I'm alive as a mu'min, I will continue to obey Allah as long as Allah has given me life. Is that true? Raise your hand, everybody that's in this room right now. I know that everybody says, as long as I'm alive, if Allah gives me life for dahar, for abad, I will worship Allah Azza wa Jal, and there will be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And a disbeliever, no matter how long Allah gives him life in this world, he will disobey Allah Azza wa Jal unless, you know, something else comes about. But no, I'm talking about the intention. Is it true or not? As long as we live, as long as Allah gives us life. So he says, The thawab and the iqab yataratabu ala niyatil abd fil akhirah. Wala ala amalihi fakat. Because the amal is 60 years and 70 years. So when you do that amal, you did kufr for 60, 70 years? Okay. If it was based on the amal, then he should be punished for 60, 70 years, and that's the end of the fire. A believer, he does good deeds for 60, 70 years? Okay, go to Jannah? Okay. Kuru turaban. And that's the end of it. But from this we understand, وَمِن شَرَفِ النِّيَّةِ اَعْتِبَارُهَا فِي الْآخِرَةِ بِنَاءً عَلَى تَحَقُّقِ الْخُلُودِ الطَّائِفَتَيْنِ فِي الْمَنْزِلَتَيْنِ لِمَا فِي نِيَّةِ كُلِّ مِّنْهُمَا مِنَ الْإِسْتِمْرَارِ عَلَى مَا تَدِينُ بِهِ Allahu Akbar. He says, and from this we understand the sharaf of it in the akhirah, that these ta'ifatayn, فَرِيقٌ فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَفَرِيقٌ فِي السَّعِيرِ the one group which is going to paradise and the other group which is going to hellfire, their khulud and their everlasting state in paradise or in hell is not based upon what? It's not based upon their action. It's based upon their intention of what? لِمَا فِي نِيَّةِ كُلِّ مِّنْهُمَا مِنَ الْإِسْتِمْرَارِ عَلَى مَا تَدِينُ بِهِ By staying firm upon what they believe in to be true. And what they believe in to be true is as long as God gives them existence, they will continue on that. Therefore, فَفِي, as is mentioned, فَفِي خَبَرِ بْنِ مَاجَ إِنَّمَا يُبْعَثُ النَّاسُ عَلَى نِيَّاتِهِمْ وَكَذَلِكَ رَوَاهُ مُسْلِمْ بِمَعْنَاهُ That the people will be resurrected upon what they died upon in their intentions. Subhanallah. That is why some of our mashayikh told us, that's okay, even if you, you're not... Hafiz al-Qur'an, at least read the Qur'an every day with the intention to become Hafiz, and inshallah Allah will resurrect you on the day of judgment amongst the Hufaz. May Allah give us tawfiq. So we see this is the amazing effect of niyyah. وَمِن شَرَفِ النِّيَّةِ I mean, these, these words should be written in gold. وَمِن شَرَفِ النِّيَّةِ اِعْتِبَارُهَا فِي الْآخِرَةِ The power of niyyah is that this is what is given consideration in the akhirah. Not reality, amal only. بِنَاءً عَلَىٰ تَحَقُّقِ خُلُودِ الطَّائِفَتَيْنِ فِي الْمَنْزِلَتَيْنِ And based on the manifestation that the two groups, the, those who are in the hellfire and those who are in paradise, right? What happens? لِمَا فِي نِيَّةِ كُلِّ مِّنْهُمَا مِنَ الْإِسْتِمْرَارِ عَلَىٰ مَا تَدِينُ بِهِ Because each one of them, who, their intention was to remain upon what they believe in as long as they have existence. So therefore, what they're rewarded or punished with is based on that intention. Not based just on the action that they did for that 50, 60, 70, 80 years. And based on this, right, is the hadith, إِنَّمَا يُبْعَثُ النَّاسُ عَلَى Another point, which is, uh, I'm just highlighting some of the points that Mullah Ali Qari mentioned that are beneficial here. ثُمَّ أَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْأَعْمَالَ عَادِيَّةِ وَعِبَادِيَّةِ he says, know that actions are of two types. They are our mundane 
everyday things that we do, dressing, brushing our teeth, combing our hair, you know, these things that we do, the mundane affairs of the world. And then it's our religious matters, our ritual worship. You have adi, umur adiyya, and umur, umur ibadiyya. Those things that are acts of worship or religious affairs, kasalat, right, and, you know, hajj, and so on and so forth. So the pur- purpose, one of the objectives of his intention, Mullah Ali Khari says, وَالنِّيَةُ شُرِعَتْ لِلْتَمْيِيزِ الثَّانِي عَنِ الْأَوَّلِ The whole objective of niya is to differentiate our mundane affairs. This is another ob- objective of niya. To differentiate or d- to distinguish our mundane affairs from those affairs that are actually rewarded for and a- matters that are ukhrawi. They're afterworldly. Right? So a person, he has a miswak. This is a mundane, everyday thing that we do. Rubbing your teeth with a stick. What is that? If a random person who doesn't know about the sunnah or doesn't know, he sees you, you know, rubbing your teeth with a stick. He's like, what is this guy doing? Rubbing his teeth. It's a mundane, probably, you know, just came down from the mountain, my side of the mountain, and he's a mountain man. He's using a tooth stick on his teeth. Maybe he hasn't known of the new invention called the toothbrush. But, Right? When a person makes niya, this mundane affair, which is a random brushing of teeth that we do every day, we don't think about it. But this act becomes an act, as is mentioned in a hadith, which is a, a sahih hadith, that the reward of a person becomes multiplied by 70 times by just using the miswak. Right? And the Prophet said, that if it wasn't hard for my ummah, I would have commanded them to make miswak at every prayer because of the avumah, because of the greatness, because of the thawab that is in the miswak, right? It's the amal of the anbiya alayhim salam. But what is the thing that distinguishes this act to be an act of thawab, to be an, uh, uh, an amal ukhrawi, and not an amal dunyawi? Right? What is that thing? It is niyyah. It is to intention. Or a person, for example, wears perfume. A person wears, uses itr. A person uses perfume. And they do it with the intention of, uh, you know, riya or sum'ah, or to show off, or to a- attract the opposite gender, or the same gender nowadays, right? Uh, a person is doing that. With the, with the, it's that mundane affair, which is tatayyub. Tatayyub or ta'attur. What is it? Tatayyub and ta'attur is a mundane affair. It's, it's for zina. But now when a person does it, I am doing ta'attur because this is sunnah, because I'm going for salatul jumu'ah, because it's one of the sunnats, and Allah Azza wa Jal becomes pleased with me. The Prophet ﷺ will be pleased with me. Allah Azza wa Jal will be pleased with me, subhanAllah. Now for that same act, he will get thawab, and if he were to do it for the rather wrong intention, he gets iqab and he gets punished for that. Do you guys understand? One of the great awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is, I forgot who it was. It was mentioned, I think it was Maruf al-Karhi or Shaqiq Balkhi or one of the great awliya. He was wearing his shirt backwards and he came out of his home. And he said, Ya Shaykh, you're wearing your shirt backwards. Go back home and fix it. You kind of look, you know, you kind of look funny. He said, no, I will not. Because I wore it like this with the intention to please Allah. 
His point was he didn't know. I mean, it's not a, it's not a crime to go back and put it, but it's just showing the, 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 the seriousness and, and how great it was that at that moment when he was doing it, he had such a khas, such a khalis intention that I'm dressing, I'm wearing this thawb to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He happened to wear it backwards when the person told him and, and called him out on it. He said, but I wore it with the right intention. I'm not going to put it back. And he knew why. I mean, to this extent, tasheehuniyah, my dear brothers and sisters, Maulana Masihullah Khan Sab, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, one of the great mashayikh, he said that people usually play it hard, but they don't play it smart. People play hard and deen, but they don't play smart. We should maximize on our intentions. And if you maximize your intention, wallahi, the small of what you would do would be multiplied by Allah Azza wa Jal. And that is why the Prophet Ali Sallallahu in a hadith narrated in Bukhari said, لا تسبوا أصحابي فوالذي نفسي بيده لو أنفق أحدكم مثل أحد ذهبا ما بلغ مد أحدهم ولا نصيفه. He said, don't curse my Sahaba. Why? لو أنفقتم if you were to spend equal to Mount Uhud in gold, مَا بَلَغَ مُدَّ أَحَدِهِمْ وَلَا نَصِيفَهُ مَا بَلَغَ مُدَّ أَحَدِهِمْ It would not equal to the mud. Mud is like, like a little bowl that you can hold in, literally in the palm of your hand. If anybody's seen those little muds that they have, it's like literally like a bowl that can fit in your hand this much. It was a measurement. One mud. The, the Sahaba spending one mud in the path of Allah would be equal to our spending a mountain of gold. Why? How did it become like that? Not because of the quantity, but because of their quality. The quality of their niyyah was very powerful. So this is something that we should work on. So this is how random mundane things that we do. A person goes to the toilet, everybody goes to the toilet, right? but a person goes to the toilet and they implement the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, they enter with the left foot, Bismillahi Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubuthi wal-khaba'ith, and the mashayikh of tasawwuf, our mashayikh say when you're going into the bathroom, make tasawwur of the qudra of Allah, that how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taking all of this filth from my body and excreting it, that if this was made habs, inside of my body, what sickness would come over me? And this amazing system of Allah Azza wa Jal, why are there think about this? This is a tafakkur in and of itself, where that act, which is, in, which is a dirty act, which animals do it, horses and cows and donkeys do it, but when you do this action, and you make tafakkur that this is the qudrat of Allah, Azza wa Jal. And when you leave, that is what the duas remind us, Alhamdulillah, ghufranak, ghufranak, Alhamdulillah alladhi adhaba anni al-adha wa'afani. Subhanallah, the ma'rifah of Rasulullah Look at the ma'rifah of Rasulullah that even in the mundane affairs of, of the things that we do on an everyday basis, but the du'as of the Prophet is actually reminding what our intention and what our fikir and what our train of thought should be, even in these things that, you know, might be, you know, unseeming to talk about. It might be uh, disrespectful to speak about dirty to speak about. But the Prophet is teaching us that when we leave, what is the tafakkur we should have about that fa'al that we just did? See, we don't call it amal, we call that fa'al. You did not do an amal. That was fa'al. 
You understand the difference between amal and fail? So that fail that you just did, that was an amazing manifestation of Allah's qudra, that when you come out, what do you say? Alhamdulillahi alladhi adhaba anil adha wa'afani. All praise be to Allah, all thanks be to Allah, who removed from me this harmfulness, this harm, this filth, that could have, if it, if it got stuck in my body, and it would not have been excreted. And how many times we go through this and we don't think about, subhanallah, the qudrat of Allah, the ni'am of Allah. This is a ni'am of Allah. The ability to be able to, al-bawl wal-ghaid, right? To be able to use the bathroom comfortably. Is this not a great blessing of Allah? So, and this is the objective of uh, one of the one of the object, objectives of niya is to distinguish our mundane affairs of sleep oh, sleeping for example going to the toilet when we sleep you know seven hours a day eight hours a day depending on how much we sleep is spent in but when we go to sleep and we have intention of getting rest for the sake of Allah's ibadah, when we eat, we make intention that we are eating to get strength to worship Allah Azza wa Jal. Now that action which a cow is also doing and a donkey is also doing and an elephant is also doing, now that action becomes an act of worship. I'm eating for what? I'm not just eating, but I'm eating to get strength so I could worship Allah. Now you get reward for that. A person's working out at the gym. One guy's working out to show off to, you know, to a girl. To show off to others. To make, up, make his body. Another person is strengthening himself, right? For the sake of strengthening himself for Allah's worship. Strong believer is more beloved to Allah Ta'ala than a weaker believer. But if a person makes that intention that I'm strengthening myself, I'm just... I'm jogging. I'm taking a jog. You look at him, he looks like he's doing a random worldly thing. He's biking. He's jogging. He's wrestling. He's working out. He's lifting weights. But his intention, Al-Mu'minul Qawiyyu Ahabu ilallah. I want to become Ahab ilallah. I want to have strength for ibadah. I don't want to, you know, go for Umrah and Hajj and I'm like, I can't even walk. My legs are hurting. You know? There was a friend of mine he said, yeah, you know, I called him after a while. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm doing my daily walk now. I said, oh yeah, what is it? He said, yeah, I do seven mile walk every day. I said, oh wow, subhanAllah, trying to lose weight? He said, no, Shaykh. He said, hajj is coming up. And you know, I don't want to go for this hajj like not prepared. I was like, subhanAllah. You know, one is you could make the intention of losing weight. And you're going to lose weight along with it. That's automatic. Make the right intention. Maximize on your intention Where even you're working out And even your gym And even your mundane affairs that you do On a daily basis Becomes an act where Allah Ta'ala is rewarding you for it If we really knew So powerful as ajib. Now is the definition I think from amongst the definitions Alama Baydawi he gives a beautiful definition of niya. Baydawi says, Niya, like literally, linguistically, it means to just intend. 
right? You intend something. You, you, uh, you know, have a cost for something. You have a, you have a motive, right? وَشَرَعًا تَوَجُّهُ الْقَلْبِ نَحْوَ الْفِعْلِ تَوَجُّهُ الْقَلْبِ نَحْوَ الْفِعْلِ And everybody should do this. And I, I think a lot of us were guilty of like not making tawajjuh of the heart. And that's why sometimes our prayer, it doesn't have life. You know how you bring life? Amal mein jaan lana chahiye, jaan. You know? Our, some of our mashayikh used to say, how do you bring like life into your actions? By tawajjuh al-qalb. By concentrating, directing the power and the energy of your heart towards that action. How powerful that is. And this is why the awliya of Allah and the pious and righteous slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they do the smallest things and they say that like, like most simple things, but it just has such an effect on you. It's because the tawajjuh of the qalb is in their words. Right? They have such you know, impact in the small things that they do and in the words that they say because their heart is, is in it. Tawajjuh al-qalb. Focusing the heart, nahwa al-fi'l. He says fi'l because after the tawajjuh of the qalb that fi'l becomes now amal. Only ba'da tawajjuh al-qalb yasir al-fi'l amalan. After the, 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 the attention of the heart and focusing the energy of your heart towards that action, your actions get life inside of them. They come to life. Otherwise our actions are what? They are empty shells. Our actions are empty shells. What breathes the spirit into those actions is our niyyah. So he continues. Tawajjuh al-qalb. That's the first thing you do. Tawajjuh al-qalb. Okay. I am directing my heart. My shaykh rahmatullah used to say. He said, when you make sajda, imagine your ruh is making sajda. When you say, Allahu Akbar, takbir tahrima, imagine your ruh is saying, Allahu Akbar. Your ruh is making sajda. Your ruh is not your body, your ruh. Imagine that your body is gone. It becomes khak and dust in the grave. It's your ruh that is praying. It's your ruh that is walking inside of the masjid. It's your ruh that is falling into prostration before Allah. And when you, when you, when you ponder over that, it, 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 subhanAllah, it's powerful. It's your ruh, not your body. Then the second point, seeking only the pleasure of Allah. I don't care what anybody thinks. I only want Allah Azza wa Jal. I only seek from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Seeking only the pleasure of Allah. And then thirdly, Such a beautiful definition, only three, three points. And intending to fulfill His commandment. So what do we do? Number one, تَوَجُّهِ الْقَلْبِ نَحْوَ الْفِعْلِ Direct your heart towards that action. For one minute before you do that action, just direct your heart towards it. Like I'm looking at my miswak, I'm directing my heart to it. That this is the sunnah of Rasulullah This is the reward that I get from it. The Prophet loved it. مِتْحَرَةٌ لِلْفَمْ مَرْضَاتٌ لِلْرَبِّ مِتْحَرَةٌ لِلْفَمْ وَمَرْضَاتٌ لِلْرَبِّ Just one second. To just maybe even read the hadith to yourself mentally. This is, this is a purification for the mouth and it is beloved to my Lord. Allahu Akbar. Now when you do miswak, that action is not like anybody's, you know, Colgate, you know, brushing the teeth, crest and Colgate. That's good. But my point is, is like, it's, it goes beyond just cleaning of the mouth. It becomes now mardatul rabb So that, tawajjuh al-qalb. 
Then secondly, seeking only Allah's pleasure. In doing this, I'm not going to please anybody else. I want everybody to understand people have a lot of issues with this in particular. They do some good deed. Oh my God, Sheikh, I feel like, you know, like such a hypocrite. You know, people are looking at me or people going to say this and people say, I'm going to say I'm, I'm pious. Sheikh, what should I do? And just remember one thing. Remember one thing. Allah Azza wa Jal alone is anafi' wadar. Only Allah Azza wa Jal is the giver of benefit. And only Allah Ta'ala can give harm. Allah is anafi' wadar. When yamsaska Allahu bi khayrin, fala radda li fadlihi. When yamsaska Allahu bi sharrin, what is it? When yamsaska Allahu bi durrin, fala kashi falahu illahu. If Allah Ta'ala wants to give you some bounty, nobody can take it away. If Allah Ta'ala wants to bring a dur upon you, nobody can remove that from you. So when you, when you think, oh, this person praised me, so what if he praised you? He can't give you jannah. He can't give you reward. He can't benefit you or harm you. This is the most important thing you have to understand when you're doing that action and you're doing that thawab and we say, ibtigha'a wajhillah. What is the meaning of ibtigha'a wajhillah? None can reward me. That's why my Shaykh Rahmatullah used to say, Hazrat Maha Hakim Akhtar Sahib, he said, Jo log riya karte hai, wo bewakuf log hai. The people that do riya, they're the most bewakuf people. They're ignorant people. Why? Because what, what can any slave of Allah give you? What can he give you? If he praises you, it's just words. Words don't do nothing. Nobody can reward you and nobody can benefit you but Allah Azza wa Jal. And there's a very famous story about Malik ibn Dinar. You know the beginning of Malik ibn Dinar? He was in the, inside of the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He, he said, I had an incorrect intention. I said, I want to come and I want to pray and I want to be in the house of Allah ta'ala so they can see it, so they can get the key of the masjid. So I can get the, 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 the miftah of the masjid and people can praise me and say, what a pious person. So he would come before everybody and he would leave after everybody. He would come before all and he would leave after everyone. And this happened for a long time. He said, for one month it was like this. And then one day the thought came in his heart, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're doing this so people can think you're pious? And so they can give you the key of the masjid? Such a bad intention. How bad of a person you are. He said, oh Allah, forgive me for this intention. Wallahi, I will never do any action except for your sake. He said, that moment that he even thought that thought, a person tapped him on his shoulder. He said, if you don't mind, we need somebody to, to be a caretaker of the masjid. If you could just take this key, I see you, you're here. He said, for 40 days, nobody noticed me. As soon as I repented from my incorrect niyyah, from that moment, I knew that only Allah is a nafi'ah, and only Allah is dar. Allah is the giver of benefit. Allah is the one who can benefit and who can harm. No one can benefit or harm us. And this is what, what, what gets wrong with when we make intentions. Or we make ult, when we have ulterior motives. This is what's wrong. Is we think that the creation can benefit or harm us in any way. Remove that. Remove that thought from your mind. That they cannot. There's also a hadith in the, in the Arba'in that comes. وَإِنَّ الْأُمَّةَ لَوْ اجْتَمَعُوا أَلَا أَن يَنْفَعُوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَنْفَعُوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ لَكَ If the whole world gets together to try to benefit you, they cannot benefit you until Allah has written it for you. وَإِنْ اجْتَمَعُوا أَلَا أَن يَضُرُّوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَضُرُّوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ 
And if they get together to harm you, they will never be able to harm you until Allah has written it. رُفِعَتِ الْأَقْلَامِ وَجَفَّتِ الصُّحُفِ So, تَوَجُّهِ الْقَلْبِ نَحْوَ الْفَيْلِ اِبْدِغَاءً لِوَجْهِ اللَّهِ وَامْتِثَالًا لِأَمْرِهِ Allama Baydawi is a valuable definition of niyyah. Directing the focus of your heart to that action. Seeking only Allah's pleasure to fulfill His commandment. That's nothing else. Now this is the second part of it. The first part is The deeds are only given consideration by intentions. Deeds are assessed by intentions. Deeds are only given consideration and reward in the akhirah by intentions. And the second part And a person will only attain that which he intends. You will get only that which you intend. وَالْمَعْنَى مُلَّا لِقَارِ says لِكُلِّ شَخْصٍ مِنَ الرَّجُلِ أَوِ الْمَرْأَةِ جَزَاءُ مَا نَوَاهُ فِي عَمَلِهِ مِنْ خَيْرٍ أَوْ شَرٍ A person will only get of khair or of shar of what they intend. وَتَقْدِيرُهُ لِكُلِّ أَحَدٍ جَزَاءُ نِيَّتِهِ You only get the reward of whatever you intended. So if you intended, you know, one-third, you get one-third. If you intended one-fourth, you only get one-fourth. In other words, the reward of your action will be equal to the amount and the strength and the quality and the, uh, 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 the power of your intention. وَقَدْ صَرَّحَ بَعْضُ الْمُحَقِّقِينَ أَنَّ هَذِهِ الْجُمْلَةِ مِنْ جَوَامِعِ الْكَمْلِ كَلِمِي الصَّادِرَةِ أَمْ مَنْبَعِ الْحِكَمِ الْإِلَهِيَّةِ and some of the scholars have mentioned that this statement of the Prophet the, the first one is, as they say, um, this whole statement of the Prophet is from the Jawami al-Kalim, it's from the comprehensiveness of his speech that came from the divine, from the divine uh, 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 fountainhead. وَمَهْبَتِ says some of the spiritual points in this hadith that the external shells of our actions they are given life based on the internal states of our hearts. So the more powerful is the internal state of the heart of a person, the more powerful will be the effect of that action. That is why they say that the two rakats of an arif is greater than the 200 rakats of a jahil. The two rakats of a person who has the ma'rifah of Allah is better than the 200 rakats of somebody else who hasn't, he's completely oblivious, he doesn't know anything. He just up, down, kiss the ground, back to town. 
the two rakats of a person who recognizes and knows Allah Azza wa Jal, this is greater than the 200 rakats of a person who is completely oblivious. That is why working on the heart. إِنَّ فِي الْجَسَدِ لِمُضْغَى إِذَا صَلَحَتْ صَلَحَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّهُ صَلَحَ الْقَالِبُ كُلُّهُ وَإِذَا فَسَدَتْ فَسَدَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّهُ أَلَا وَهِيَ الْقَلْبُ There's a piece of flesh in the body. If that comes right, everything comes right. Meaning if the heart is worked on to such an extent that the niyat and the ikhlas and the sincerity and the love of Allah and tawakkul ala Allah and trust in Allah and reliance in Allah, all of these things are built inside of the heart. And now the action that comes from such a heart will be equal to whatever is inside of the heart. You understand? It's kind of like, um, you know, the power of electric, you know, the power of electricity. If there's like 10,000 volts coming into a bulb, right? Now, that bulb only has a capacity of 20 or 30. But let's just say that there's only 10 volts coming in a 100 watt, then the light will be very weak. Think about the niya to be like the electricity that's coming inside of that bulb. So you have a 200 watt bulb. There's 20 volts coming, right? You're going to get, you know, you're not going to get that light inside of that bulb. The light is going to be very weak. But if the voltage that's coming is 200, right, then the light that will be coming from that bulb will also be equally bright and shine. Similarly, when we work on our intention, it's like working on the voltage. You understand what I'm saying? Now what do we do? We have these big light bulbs, the size of the room, and then we got like a five millimeter, you know, five millimeter voltage, and you got this huge big, you know, light bulb, and you're like, ah, there's something inside there. I don't know where is it. May Allah Ta'ala guide us. So we need to work on the voltage. The voltage is worked on by working upon the hearts through tasfiyatul niya wa tasfiyatul qalb wa dhikrullahi ta'ala wa suhbatul salihin, sitting in the company of the righteous, purifying of the heart, right? learning the deen, following and obey, uh, obeying the sunnah, purifying ourselves, rectifying our intentions, and so on. ففي الجملة كل عمل صدر عن العبد لداء الحق فهو العمل الذي ينفعه. Munaliqari says, so in a nutshell, every action that a slave of Allah does, which is for al-haq, which is for Allah Azza wa Jal, for the truth, for the correct intention, this is that action that will benefit him. وَمَا لَا فَلَا يُفِيدُهُ بَلْ قَدْ يَضُرُّهُ and any action that does not have the intention of haq subhanahu wa ta'ala, it will not benefit him. But on the other hand, there's something even more dangerous than that. It will harm him. And this is a very, very scary hadith, which is narrated by Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, about the person that the, you know, awwalu ma yus'aru, or yus'aru alayhim naru jahannam, that the first 
three people that the fire of Jahannam will be lit for is the Qari and the Sakhi and the Shaheed. The reciter of the Quran and the generous person and the one who became a martyr. Allah will bring them on the day of judgment and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell the Qari what was the bounties that I gave you. Allah Ta'ala will tell him of his bounties. He will recognize the bounties. He said, Ya Allah, you gave me the Quran and I read it and I taught it so that you be pleased. He said, you lie. You read the Quran and you studied it so that people can say, what a Qari, what a reciter of the Quran, what a scholar, what a lecture, what a good talk you gave. So you got it. You, you got what you were looking for. Now you have nothing with me because that was your intention. وَإِنَّمَا لِكُلِّ مْرِئٍ مَّا نَوَى نَوَيْتَ الْخَلْقِ نَوَيْتَ الْخَلْقِ فَحَصَلْتَ الْخَلْقِ You intended the creation and you got the praise of the creation. You have nothing with me now. If you would have made intention of me, you would have gotten something from me. You have nothing with me. And he will be dragged into the hellfire and thrown in there. The second person, Allah Ta'ala will tell him, what did I give you? He said, oh Allah, you gave me bravery and strength and whatever I found the battlefield, I would go and fight for your sake. He said, you lie. You fought so that people can say, what a brave you were. How shuja'a you were. How courageous you were. What a great mujahid. Ghazi so and so. And you got what you wanted and people gave you praise. Now you have nothing with me. Every person will get what he intends. You intended that and that is what you received. And then the other person will be the sahi or the generous person. Said, what did you do? Oh Allah, you gave me wealth and I spent it in your path and any good avenue that I found, I spent it for your sake. He said, no, you spent it so people can say, how generous is this person? How nice was this person? How generous was he spent in the path of Allah? You got what you wanted. Now you have nothing with me. So from this we understand what it's saying here. La yanfa'uhu bal yadurruhu. The wrong intention will not benefit him. Rather, not only will it not benefit him, it would harm him. And here in this hadith, it's so scary because these three people are the most honorable people in Muslim society. To the generous, to the giving of the generous, that is how the expeditions of the Prophet and the ghazawat of the Prophet were funded to the sakhawa and to the generosity of Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan. That's how the ghazawat were funded. Right. And through the you know, jihad and the, and the courageousness of the mujahideen, that's how Islam was established and preserved. And to the ilm of the ulama, that's how deen was established and preserved. Can you imagine? The three highest you know, positions in Islam will be the most disgraceful on the day of judgment when the intention was not right. May Allah protect us. May Allah guide us. May Allah protect us to be aware of our intentions in everything that we do. One of our shuyukh, some of our shuyukh were so simple, but they taught so beautifully. One of our shuyukh said, he said, intention is like cooking. Sheikh, how is intention like cooking? He said, when you're cooking, you test the salt at the beginning, and then you test it in the middle, and then you test it in the end. When you cook, when you're cooking, right, you're testing it in the beginning, and in the middle, and in the end, don't you? Or you just dump it all at once, and then that's it. Ya Allah, Bismillah, whatever happens after that. No, you, you put a little, but you test it in the beginning, and then in the middle, and then in the end to see if everything's perfect. That's how your intention should be. Before you begin that action, remind yourself of your intention for one second. And then while you're in that intention, don't lose thought of it, because that's when shaitan comes. They said in the hadith of, uh, the hadith of Adhan, that when the Adhan is given, Adbar al-shaytan wa lahu durat. Shaitan runs away, making noise. 
And then when the Adhan is done, he comes back, right? He comes back when, you know, the Adhan is finished. Then when the Iqamah is given, he leaves again. And then when the Iqamah is done, he comes back again. And then when you're in Salah, what does he say? Udhkur kadha, udhkur kadha, udhkur kadha, udhkur. Hadha rajul yandur ilayk. Hadha rajul yandur ilayk. Hadha rajul. Tawwil qiraatak, tawwil sujoodak, tawwil ruku'ak. Tawwil. Yeah. Right? So he comes. This is a hadith of Bukhari. So he comes. That's why it's in, in, in necessary that at every moment, in the beginning, in the middle, in the midst of that action, and at the end of that action, what the Prophet ﷺ taught us, Allahu Akbar, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. Why do we make istighfar after performing salat? You didn't commit a sin. Astaghfirullah min niyyatin, min, min, min amalin bila niyyah. Astaghfirullah min su'il niyyah. Astaghfirullah min adami atathabbut al-amal, right? So not establishing that action, not doing proper intention, going off, not being able to concentrate. And then the last part. فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ لِدُنْيَا يُصِيبُهَا أَوْ إِمْرَأَةٍ يَتَزَوَّجُهَا فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى مَا هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِ And the one who his hijrah Now here the Prophet is mentioning something specific. So the ulama mentioned Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani also says that there was a person the sabab wurud of this hadith was Muhajir Umm Qais. Muhajir Umm Qais. So just like the ayat of the Qur'an have sababun nuzul, a hadith have sababul wurud. There's a, the reason behind that hadith. And this is why it's important. Just like any ayah of the Qur'an when we're reading, when you understand what is the sababun nuzul, it clarifies the whole surah, it puts the surah into perspective. Similarly, this hadith, why did the Prophet even mention this hadith? What was the situation? What was the background? Did the Prophet just say stuff without there being a context or a pretext? So the context of this hadith is the incident of Umm Qais. Umm Qais was a woman in Medina. She made an announcement. Anybody who makes the hijrah gets here. It was like a race. I will give them dibs on marrying me. And she was very beautiful. And she was, you know, uh, Nasab and Hasab and Mal and Jamal. Right? All the unmarried guys, mashallah, their eyes are getting dreamy right now. If only there would be an opportunity of hijrah like that now. So anyways, so this is kind of madhamma here, so don't try to be that guy. So he became Muhajir Umm Qais. That was his name. That's good, kind of, you know, uh, out of respect, they didn't mention who his name was. I think in some shuruhat they mentioned that. I didn't find it here. But it said that there was a person who actually kind of said, I will be the one. Nobody will be able to beat me. I will make the hijrah. And it, would, it, it, it became known that this person said, you know, I'm going to do it. That person uh, said, Umm Qais said that she is going to give us, uh, you know, accept a, a proposal for anyone who makes the hijrah first and comes there. I will be able to do that. I will make it. So when the Prophet ﷺ heard of this, he said, this is not the right intention that a person should have. فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ 
the person whose intention is to make hijrah and to migrate to Medina for Allah and his messenger, then his reward will be that he made hijrah for Allah and his messenger. The reward will be a re reward of hijrah to Allah and his messenger. And that is the greatest reward. وَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ لِدُنْيَا يُصِيبُهَا أَوْ إِمْرَأَةٍ يَتَزَوَّجُهَا And if a person's intention is for a worldly thing to attain it, acquire it, or a woman to marry her, then his reward will be likewise. It will be that he made hijrah for the dunya and he made hijrah for marriage. He didn't make hijrah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So his reward will be according to what he intended. His reward will not be that he met, uh, tra traveled for the sake of Allah. Now, don't get, don't get it wrong. Ibn al-Jawzi rahimahullah in Talbisi Iblis, he mentioned something here. A very interesting point. He said that, remember, that a person traveling to seek ifah, to marry a woman or a pious woman for nikah, to seek ifah, فَكَانَ ضَمَانٌ عَلَى اللَّهِ أَنْ يُعِينَهُ So they said, now, it's the Allah is he's under the responsibility of Allah that Allah will assist him and Allah will aid him who travels for the sake of Allah for his ifa. So don't now use this against some poor guy who's traveling say, Oh Muhajir Umm Qais. I remember when we did this hadith, some poor guy was going to his village. We were in Karachi at that time. So when we did this hadith, so poor guy was going to Mardan, you know Mardan? He was going to Mardan to get married. He said, Hey Muhajir Umm Qais. Poor guy. What is he supposed to do? He's not muhajir of Mekhais. He's muhajir of Thawab. He's muhajir of, of, of Ajr. If a person is traveling for the sake of marriage to preserve their iffa, Allah will give them the reward of preserving iffa. Yani preserving their chastity. This is also rewarding in the sight of Allah Azza wa Jal. So, again, but in this particular situation, which was hijrah, hijrah to Medina, that was something that it was to be for something specific. That was to be for the deen. That was to preserve Islam. That, in, that, in that particular juncture, it was not appropriate to have any other intention. You guys understand that? So it's not like, Bichara, he's traveling for work. Muhajir dunya, right? Or traveling to get married. Muhajir um Or traveling for whatever else. Again, even those, like we said, the mundane affairs, when your intention is right, that can be a, a amal of the akhirah. That can be an action of the Akhirah. But this particular situation, the Prophet, he pointed it out because the Hijrah to Medina was a khas Hijrah. That there should not have been anything else in that intention that taints the, 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 the maqam of the, the Hijrah. Right? We'll stop there and inshallah next week um, we're going to be out of town. Inshallah, we're headed uh, for a program in Chicago. And uh, Mufti Azimuddin, who's having the program, it's a Khatma Bukhari program. And also, it's a program in the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He wanted us to make the announcement for that. And if anybody's interested to attend that program, Inshallah, it's very, very beneficial. And it's a three-day program starting Friday evening, uh, which they, you know, those who are coming there, they can stay there as well. Uh, and on the Sunday, it will be the completion of the Bukhari. Uh, so we're not going to be here next week, but after that, inshallah, we, I wanted to share a book called Al-Madkhal Libn uh, al-Hajj, which actually the whole, this four volumes of this book is actually written on the correctness of intentions. 
So it, 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 it kind of completes this whole um, discussion of this hadith, and we'll continue that after next week. So next week, there will be no dars, inshallah, and then we'll, com- we'll commence the week after. Subhanakallahum wa bihamdika, and ashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu.